the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Well, Kathleen's back from her trip to Oregon, and we have a terrific guest today. I'll start out by saying that there's probably no elected office that affects our day-to-day lives here in San Diego County more than the Board of Supervisors. These five supervisors oversee a multi-billion dollar budget. They decide key policies on transportation, crime, homelessness, public health, and many more. So today we're happy to have as our guest Supervisor Jim Desmond. Jim is a Navy veteran. He had a 33-year career as an airline pilot with Delta Airlines flying all over the world. He served as mayor of San Marcos and was recently re-elected to a second four-year term on the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. Welcome, Jim. Hey, Brian, Kathleen, thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Great to have you. So I want to start out by saying congratulations on your November landslide re-election. You won by nearly 20 points in a race that I know was expected to be quite a bit closer than that. So uh, how did you win that big? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really, you know, kind of a testament to what we've done. You know, I, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I give out, I go out and I give speeches and things like that, but I'm more, you know, uh, proud of what we've accomplished and what we've been able to get done and, and helping everybody, regardless of party, regardless of race or creed, you know, just in, and, and taking that, the uh, action and, or the path of common sense. It just, you know, if it does, if, if it's the right thing to do, we do it, and then we get out of the way. We get it done. And so I think that really carried through for a lot of people uh, that saw what we were capable of doing in San Marcos when I was mayor there. It was a very well-run city and, and fiscally responsible and treated everyone fairly. I know there's all this new talk about equity and fairness, and, and you know, I've, I've been trying to do that all along. And I think that's really what paid off and what people recognized and got the support and willing to keep doing it. So I'm happy, happy to do it and and, uh, keep moving on. Well, it sounds great. Results do matter. So we want to talk about some big issues. A major issue in our county is which you've been talking about is the proposed mileage tax, which is being pushed by the head of Sandag and apparently many others including Nora Vargas, who's your new chairwoman of the Board of Supervisors. So first question is, what are the chances that this terrible tracking and tax system is going to become law? Well, the chances are pretty good, but I have to tell you, uh, the chair, Nora Vargas, just got off of uh, KUSI this morning. 
and she says the road user charge is going to be gone. Uh, she says it's you know the board voted to amend it, amend it, and it's not going to be in the 2021 or the 2025 plan. Which I tend I tend to trust her because uh, I've I've worked with her, but. The fact of the matter is it's unfortunate Sandag, the entity itself, can't be trusted. It is still there. It is the only plan, the the road user charge, they're calling it. The road user charge is still in the current plan. They they submitted a, Sandag submitted a plan to the state car, car board, the California Air Resources Board that approves these plans. And they've only submitted one plan, and it is the plan that has the road user charge in it. Sandag has not withdrawn that plan, but Nora just got on TV this morning and said it's not going to be there. So, you know, it's one of those trust but ver- verify. And uh, right now it is still in the plan. Um, and we were told, you know, it was about a year and a half ago, well, almost a year and a half ago, it was this December of 2021 which seems like yesterday, but um, right. uh, it was about 14 months ago or or, or more uh, that they, they put this through uh, and, and the, the board said, we want this road user charge out of there. That's what the board decided in December 2021. Well, in mid-2022 mid, uh, is when the plan was submitted with the user charge. Right. Yeah. So they're saying one thing and doing another and I think that's primarily Hassan Akrata, who is the um, uh, chief executive officer there. He just did it without, you know, against the wishes of the board. Um, so, and Sandeg also has not kept their, I represent North County, Sandeg has not kept their promises to North County. And unfortunately, people of, of North County and all of San Diego County are going to be paying a tax until 2048 for projects that were promises were promised and are not going to be delivered. What? So there's a there's a credibility um, gap, lack of credit, cre- <laughs> yeah, a lack of credibility with Sandag. And they said they promised the people they they came forth with a measure in in uh, 2004, and they said, hey, if you give us a half cent sales tax for 40 years, we will we will deliver you know this long list of projects. Well, they delivered some of them, all public transportation projects, but very few, if any, of the road projects. And it's the road projects that have been left out. Uh, of their future plan, uh, the, their 2021 plan, it's, they're just not there anymore. And so they they have the credibility issue uh, with that, you know, with the, with the broken promises, the, the executive officer is working against the board, and this road user charge is still there. So, you know, I hope uh, uh, our chair, Nora Vargas, is able to carry out, you know, the, uh, the expectation of it's, it's going to be gone, but you know, we got to. Um, I'm happy that she said that, but now we got to see that put into action. Can I just clarify this road user tax that is saying that is in dispute? Does that mean that there's a transponder that's going to be put on every car and every mile that every mile that anybody drives is taxed? So, are, what are they just calling it something else or what? Well, they have not come out with this system to track and tax. They have not come out definitively and said what that is. And, and so they, I, you know, I, technically you've already got a transponder in your, in your purse or in your pocket, whenever you're driving your car, it's called your cell phone. And, and, uh, you know, you see, watch any crime, uh, um, you know, uh, not mysteries, but, you know, just criminal actions right. lately. They, they, you're being tracked already. 
Um, and uh, so maybe your cell phone. I, I don't know. And then there's so many other questions of, well, what if I what if somebody from Riverside County drives into San Diego County and they don't have this mechanism or whatever it's going to be in place? But it's definitely, you know, it's going to have to be a track and tax to where and what what the mechanism is has not been defined or solidified. Um, so that's you know, that's where it is right now. So there's a lot of speculation out there without any answers. But we well, just thank- want to know how to stop it. Right. But thanks for the yeah. thanks for the update, too, because I had not heard that about Nora Vargas. And related to this, I want to ask you about a recent tweet you made to Elon Musk. You, you got to watch what you put on Twitter, right? So I'm going to read I'm going to read your tweet word for word. Hey, Elon Musk, can we get some help from you on a realistic transportation plan instead of the plan we have now in which they want to tax us out of our cars? Would love for San Diego to invest in the future of transportation and technology. And Elon replied, sure. So I guess I have two questions to that. Yeah. What what did what does it mean in your mind? Uh, I know we don't have hours to talk about it, but what does it mean in your mind to talk about the future of transportation and technology? And then and then second, do you think Elon will actually get involved in this? In what way would he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, personally, uh, he has you know, he and I have not chatted other than, you know, his one word answer to me is sure. But uh, that same day, he, he did respond. I got a call from one of his companies uh, that are that is a tunneling program that uh, they're experimenting with. Um, uh, they've got a few sites in uh, Vegas, or a site in Vegas and a couple other places in the, in the uh, U.S. where basically, you know, they're trying to get around all of these environmental rules and things like that. Instead of adding new lanes, you tunnel under existing um, uh, infrastructure and put in put lanes down in a tunnel and have you know transportation of, of some means in a tunnel. Uh, they're doing this in Las Vegas, and actually, um, out of that response from him and contacting his this company, um, we're going to go to. I'm going to Vegas uh, sometime this this month, and we are going to you know take a look at the system they have there. And basically, what they what they put in place is is tunnels from most of the major hotels or, or many of the major hotels to the convention center right now. And so they're putting that forward. I don't know that that's going to be an answer for San Diego County or not, but this is a guy who, you know, the Tesla, you know, 75% of the electric vehicles out on the road are Tesla. Yeah. He's, he's also, he's also been able to manage to land a rocket upright uh, that, you know, that just the rocket that just launched a satellite or something. And he's able to land it upright on a barge in the middle of the ocean. So he's he's definitely in the transportation business. And he's definitely on the leading edge of technology. And what I've been pushing for is is Sandag's got this. I say you know they're taxing us into the past instead of into the future. They're taxing us. They want to tax us and put us into trains and buses. I think you know you know and and Sandag's vision is sort of well everything's going to be pretty much the same it is as it is right now. But we're all going to be happier because we're riding you know and trains in the future. It's maybe, like, maybe go back to stagecoaches because then we just have to clean up horse manure instead of uh, emissions or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. And that's biodegradable <laughs> and you can use it for fertilizer. But, but um, so I, I envision that we need to take, take a look and embrace technology and use that tech, use technology to enhance or make safer, cleaner, more efficient roadways with technology. 
how do we how do we do that instead of trying to you know put people in, into into mass transportation? And basically, to be honest with you, the, the uh, goal of Sandag is only to get right now. It's about three percent of the people in San Diego County use transit. Or, or Matt, I say transit, yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's actually gone down in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, because things change, you know. And, and you know, nobody saw the pandemic, but there's a lot more empty office buildings than we've had in the past because people are this new generation with the uh, the uh, um, I guess the employment challenges that businesses have. A lot of people are saying, "Hey, I'll work for you, but I want to work from home, or I won't only want to come in the office two or three days a week." And I think that's kind of the latest trend in, um, you know, we've got areas like Silicon Valley and we got, you know, uh, also Sorrento Valley, they get um, uh, employment hubs. But employment hubs may be a thing of the past 20 years from now. I mean, we used to have malls and now malls are becoming a thing of the past where these big, big, you know, businesses congregate. So yep. um, I think we need to embrace technology so that we, you know, maybe if it's electric vehicles, I don't care, you know, whatever it is. But I, you mentioned I was a pilot for Delta Airlines, and, and when, when, we, when we would fly over specifically to Europe, they would each each day they'd come, they'd make these different airways based on the winds and things like that. And if your aircraft had X, Y, and Z technology, that you were able to use these more efficient airways, um, and. and Airplanes, aircraft could be closer, still safe, but closer together and, and more efficiently use those airways if you had the technology that kept you safe. Your airplane was talking to the other airplane and, and electronically and would, you know, avoid collisions and things like that electronically. Um, I think we could have technology lanes on our roadways. We can, we can have technology lanes where the, you know, the drivers aren't driving. And I know it sounds scary to some people, but we, we more efficiently use and we embrace the behavior that we already have when we take technology to make it cleaner, which clean up the greenhouse gases. I think, you know, that's a good idea. We can only, you know, uh, we, we can't, we can only mess up our own nest for so long. And my mother always taught me to clean up your message. So we, we um, create technology lanes or we, or, or we, and we use our, our road, roadways more efficiently, get people from out behind the wheel if, if possible. And 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 uh, have the compute, you know, computer systems or whatever, you know, doing this. I, I think, and that may not be the future, but the future is going to change. Twenty years from now, things are going to be a lot different than they are today. And buses and trains are not going to help. Uh, I think they're they're really trying to tax us out of our cars and into the past instead of embracing and going going. And, and that guy that and that guy that's I forget his name. You just mentioned it. The president of Sandag. I've I've been at a Sandag more than one. And he talks about the goal of vehicle miles driven. Like, what the heck is that for a goal? And that that may even be coming down from the state government. But vehicle miles driven, that doesn't even address emissions. That doesn't address address anything no. as far as a positive end benefit. You just want it, once again, you just want to get people out of your cars unless you're a really rich guy or something that can afford to pay all these new taxes. Well, so, and I think that a lot of people, it's okay to advance the technology but let the market forces do it. it. It should not come down from the centralized authority or government that you have yeah. to do this. Let the market take care of these things. Yeah, so. and, and I think yeah, people like Elon Musk who do these types of things. That's you know they're, they're the people that we kind of got to be looking toward for new ideas as opposed to 
you know, the things of the past that, uh, you know, you mentioned Mr. Krata, the, um, yeah. um, it, it, it's just, it, he, he claims to be a visionary, but well, he's looking into a, you know, looking backwards instead of forwards. In my uh, I think he's more of a rote ideologue too, but I want to ask you a question. Another the thing that you've been talking about recently, weighted average voting system. So, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, Jim, I think when Sandeg was created, it was created on a kind of a one city, one vote principle, kind of like the United Nations, the European Union, the Senate. And then somewhere along the way, I don't know if it was related to a court decision or whatever, we went to this weighted average voting system, which gives San Diego and Chula Vista practically all the power, right? So... Uh, what, yeah. I don't know, can we block that? I think there was several nine representatives that walked out of a recent meeting, but what can we do to, uh, get this back to the way it was in the first place? Well, unfortunately it was put forward as a state legislative change. And, um, Lorena Gonzalez was the author of this thing. And basically it gave her district that she represented the San Diego County while the power is bad back or 50% of the power in Sandag. Yeah. And um, it's going to take, because Sandag was formed legislatively, um, it, uh, it's going to take legislative action. But really, it's, you know, taking people, though, to vote vote for the right right folks to represent them at Sandag as well. And unfortunately, right now, um, the, uh, the weighted vote heavily, heavily favors the city of San Diego and Chula Vista, and and all I need is one other city like Imperial Beach or, or na- National City, you know, to, to go along with them. And they get then they get to tax us, take away our projects and put the money towards their public transportation system, leaving our roads and our roadways out of the out of the equation. That's what's happening right now. This got put into place. It, it used to be and I don't want to get too too far in the weeds, but it used to be a much fairer system where. Uh, it caused the, the system to be prior, caused us to work together, caused the 18 cities and the county to work together to get projects done and, and to and to kind of, you know, lack of another term, spread the peanut butter or whatever a little more fairly and evenly. Right. Um, <laughs> but now that has that that this weighted vote really disenfranchised the smaller cities, uh, not allowing them to weigh in because. Right now, technically, four cities could control, or three cities could control any vote. If let's say something passes, there's like nine. I think there's like nineteen or twenty votes on on the board because the way it's set up. Um, right. Yeah, probably nineteen or twenty-one. It's one of those two. But it, let's say something fails, uh, fifteen to six, and and part of the sixth group can overturn and say, nope, we want it our way. And so it, it's just crazy how this is set up, and 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 really it took any form of or you know essence of collaboration out of the room where one one side you know small group has all the power, and which is kind of what goes on in, in the world. One small group has all the power and then controls all the money, and and right. everybody else pays taxes but doesn't get the benefit. Right, that's what's happening. That's an issue that people need to be aware of. So, Jim, I want to tell you that I appreciated the video that you put out recently in, in, in order to, uh, in, to do with COVID response and the government's response. And you said we didn't necessarily get everything right. Uh, 
and we need to learn and and you even said personally didn't even get everything right <laughs> and and that's yeah. that's that that's rare to hear from, from any politician. any political so leader so we really yeah. appreciate that and yeah we need to learn from our past mistakes and yeah in my opinion one of the thing one of the few benefits that have come out of the covid response which in my opinion, as I've voiced at the meetings, a lot of it's been really wrong. I mean, from the beginning. But one of the benefits that we've seen, in my opinion, is people have become more aware of the the, the risk that they take taking vaccines, the the side effects, the uh, the fact that vaccine manufacturers are not liable for any harm they cause and the fact that side effects from vaccines serious ones like heart attacks strokes and blood clots are much more frequent than they're telling us so uh, you know i've been trying to inform people and i even gave a copy of my book to your supervisors no. and so do you think that people more are more aware and what about these elevated death rates that are right here in our county nation and world it, they're up since the vaccine rollout came out. They're not down. They're up. So do you think that we should be investigating these more and, and, and helping people that do have vaccine injuries? I, I, you're absolutely right. And I, I thought it was very shocking. And it, it, I don't know that it was really known worldwide that when the vaccines came out, the government gave them the vaccines just zero liability on these things. And they were pretty they came out pretty fast. And, and it was um uh, you know, they wanted to just get them, get them into people right away without really knowing the consequences. And I think that's unfortunate. And that's the lesson I think we've learned. But one of the things I, I think that um, is kind of is detrimental, I think the government did with their overreach. I mean, just whatever, two days ago, the February 28th, um, the they finally ended the state of emergency. Years. Yeah. yeah. Yay. They finally did. Yeah, it, and that, the de- the detriment there is the next time they come up with an emergency, people are going to say, "Forget it." You know, you, you lied to us the last time. You stretched it out way too long. You know, you you told us to take these vaccines, which were premature. You know, they, they one of the things they always kind of tout also is the number of deaths. Well, the CDC even came out. You know, and this was during COVID. The CDC came out and, and finally said, you know, seventy five percent of the people who died had four comorbidities. Right. You know, and, and I, th- I feel sorry for anybody who lost a loved one. And COVID might have been the trigger or the straw that you know, you know, broke the camel's back or whatever that, that caused somebody to, to suffer and die. You know, nobody wants that. But, you know, we've rated we've used COVID. If somebody died of, you know, a heart failure or something like that, but they had COVID, then they, they, the, 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 uh, they had, the doctors had to put it was COVID. So there was a lot of misleading information and um it's 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 unfortunately, but I, I do think they kind of they diluted um, an emergency, uh, a health emergency by dragging this out way too long. By the reopening thing was a mess as far as getting our businesses back open. Our kids are still suffering uh, yes. from the loss of school and education. Uh, that's going to be long, long lasting, ter- you know, uh, detriments to them. And so, you know, we got some things right. We got some things wrong. But I, I really think hopefully, you know, the government overreach, I think, I, I don't know if we're ever going to fix that. But uh, I think people are just much, much more aware of it. And, and hopefully we'll, you know, still re- react responsibly, but, um, you know, continue to question authority. Well, I think people are going to be much less uh, responsive to this big emergency, like, 
is there really one? Because maybe it is the CDC with its conflicts of interest wanting us to do something, uh, you know, according to drug companies that want to make profits. That's what (laughs) it it is. It is astonishing. As you've as you've uh, enumerated, Jim, how many things actually we're just finding out now that we're not really just finding out now. The government's just admitting now. And this Cochrane study, for example, that came out, I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's one of the most respected institutions around. They've compiled all these research studies on the effectiveness of masks, and they've concluded masks were completely not effective. All these, and even now, with the state of emergency being lifted two days ago, I still wonder if we're still going to be required in some, uh, at least in doctor's offices, to wear to wear masks and so on. So it's just... Really, something we've been through. Appreciate your leadership. I, I unfortunately don't have time to ask you about homelessness. We don't. We don't really have time to get into that. But we'll have to do it again. Sometime. We'll have to do it again sometime. But is there any? Is there any just parting few words you want to? Words of wisdom you want to leave with our listeners? And how we can support you in what you're trying yeah, to do? Right. Well, I, I definitely think you know, particularly our faith-based uh, communities. Uh, really, you know, you've already got, you know, that your kind of social networks are already, you know, established and, 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 I, and, and in a good way and in serving God. And, and I think that to use that and put it, you know, put it to, to good and, and to educating people and being involved and being engaged and, and knowing what your representatives are, are voting on and, and, and being more aware, you know, joining some groups or, or things like that, I think is, you know, is just the the best way that people can um, you know stay engaged and and know and and show up at meetings volunteer. I the way people ask me how to ever get become mayor and do all this stuff. I said I started volunteering and I learned that more the more you volunteer, the more responsibility people will just give you. So um, you and so use it for good. Use it for common sense and and um, you know keep 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 the faith. And and uh, but but you have to you have to live it and exercise it and uh, that's just kind of my my parting thoughts to everybody is stay engaged and, and be informed and use it for good. Excellent advice. Keep volunteering. Be involved. Monitor what our government's doing. Help out. Volunteer, as our good friend Jim has said, to bless your neighbor. Get in, get more informed, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.